Ladies and gentlemen, to present the Lifetime Achievement Award, Patrick Stewart. Thank you. Good evening. When I was a young man growing up in the north of England, I remember going to see the films of tonight's honoree and being impressed by his quiet strength, his ability to cut to the core of what a scene was about. You couldn't take your eyes off him. He could tell a whole story with just a gesture or with the raising of an eyebrow. And um, we've all heard about his temper, about the people he stepped on on his way to the top. But despite all that, or perhaps even because of it, he is beloved by millions the world over. In this business of stars and superstars, it will be no exaggeration to say that he is the biggest. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Godzilla. It's time to watch a movie you've never seen. There might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine But there'll be smiles And there'll be tears You won't watch another movie for about 800 years It's time for death By video We've got mics. Hey, it's Death by Video. I'm Graham. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And we are joined by our always very special guest star, the one, the only... Lillian. Yay! Can I get applause? Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, can we really call you a guest star when you're in the theme song now? I don't mind. It's kind of, kind of like yeah. the Heather Locklear. Yeah. On Melrose Place, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Mm. See how that's always happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a bunch of time has passed since our last um, our last recording. Even though for our listeners, it'll seem like no time has passed because of our scheduling or upload schedule. Um, uh, Donald Trump is still a moron. I'm just going to put that out there, and you know, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shock of shocks. Um, yeah. So, guys. We have a very special secret movie tonight, that, which none of you know about, except I know about. Does anyone want to hazard a guess as to which country it comes from, even though I told, I think I've told all of you where it comes from? Uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about the Trump thing. I'm like, what if, what if he goes through like a Flowers for Algernon type thing, where he gets super smart all of a sudden, and by the time this episode comes out, your, your, your commentary is no, val- no longer valid. Wow, you went, you went In- there, huh, Kit? You went there. <laughs> 
in the 35 years I've been, 34 years I've been on this earth, I don't think that's going to happen. If if history has, <laughs> it serves me correctly, I think I'll be safe for another seven days. Um, You'll be calling him Professor Trump. <laughs> Dr. Trump. <laughs> or maybe he'll be Drumpf again. Um, anyways, guys, so any guess on what movie we're watching tonight? Our listeners will know because it will be in the title of the episode. Uh, you said it's from Japan. Yes, everyone here knows it's from Japan. Uh, can you give us a um, like a year, like a period of when it was 2004, released? 2004, I think uh, it got released in North America in 2005. Oh, is this one of your, uh, you've been on the... Uh, um, Takashi Miikai? Yeah. No, it's not a Takashi okay. Miikai movie. Is it Election? No, and that's from Hong Kong. Oh. I'm a big Johnny Toe fan, though, and I, I, my, one of my favorite moments was the very first Toronto International Film Festival I ever went to. I went and saw Election Parts 1 and 2 back-to-back on 35mm film at the Al Green Theater um, at back when they used to do TIFF screenings there with Johnny Toe in attendance. attendance. It was great. Is it a monster movie? Mm-hmm. Godzilla, mm-hmm. Godzilla yeah. Yeah. yeah! It's a Godzilla film. <laughs> Yay! Yay! I wanted to like hit it up no with like. You wanted to keep it a surprise. Yeah, I wanted to keep it up with like he's the biggest star in Japanese history. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. You did it, Kit. You guessed it. And I, I just remembered that really. So it's an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is very much an action movie. We are not just watching any Godzilla film. We are watching Godzilla: Final Wars, which was meant to be the last Godzilla film for at least five to ten years. They were saying at the time it was the 50th anniversary of the original Godzilla being released in 1954 in Japan, 1955 in. Uh, North America, and it um, it's a big ass movie. Um, I showed it to a former guest of uh, the of the podcast like a few years ago called Scott, uh, named Sh- Scott Sherrick, and he said this is almost like every movie ever made ever in one. And I was like, yes, wow, yeah. So Godzilla: Final Wars is directed by um, I think it's Rime Kitamura who directed yeah Rime Kitamura who directed Midnight Meat Train starring uh, Vinnie Jones and uh, a young Bradley Cooper young Bradley Cooper I've seen that movie based on the Clyde Barker movie yep I actually did that movie quite a bit and he also directed a cult classic which I'm a big fan of Versus which is a uh, a Japanese film set in the force of resurrection of a bunch of gangsters that wind up killing each other but then they are resurrected into zombies and have to fight each other again it's awesome um, yeah, it's got features on the soundtrack, some 41, which kind of, meh. Um, it's of its time. It's of its time. Did, did they, like, write music for the film? No, no, they just took a film. There was just a some 41 song that they licensed for it. Um, and it features the most, uh, villains of Godzilla of any Godzilla film ever. I can't remember how many in total. Does it have the, the other monsters? It does. It has lots of other monsters. It has... Gamera? No, Gamera is a totally different company. Toho did Godzilla, and some other company did Gamera. So, um, Graham, this is what 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 installment of the Godzilla? Uh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, if you had the to number? put a number on it, oh, like, is uh, it number 10? Godzilla yeah. 84. <laughs> it's, not, it's not 10. Godzilla <laughs> Chronicles. Uh, where does it where where does it come in? Like, what's happened up to this point? Well, this is, so in, um, they ended the, Godzilla has had two endings before. The first ending of the Godzilla series was in 1975 with uh, The Terror of Mechagodzilla, which was a direct sequel to Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla from 1974. Right? Mm-hmm. He's gold. Mecha? Silver. Oh. Oops. Okay. We, went, we went out to see... We actually went out to see the American Americanized print of Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla called Godzilla vs. the Cosmic Monster in 60mm Sonic Boom a few years ago. Were you, were you there for that, Lil? Under the under the store? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was a super faded print. Uh... Yeah, I was very faded, and I was very disappointed because that's my favorite Godzilla film, and I've never seen the Americanized version. I've only ever seen the Japanese version that uh, got released on video in the, in the mid-'90s that I bought at Woolco in 1993. Um... Wilco, I know, back in the day. Um, actually, my grandmother bought it for me. It was my Easter present of 1993. Um, nice. Watched it Easter Sunday. It was great. Um, and so um, the American the the American version cut out a lot of the blood of the Japanese, because like, Godzilla bleeds a lot in the Japanese version, and also cuts out like some plot points and stuff and the opening title sequence, because Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster. I remember when that title came up, I was like, what? And then I realized, like, oh, this is the Americanized version. Um, but in terms of where it falls in the series, so then after God, the Terror of Mechagodzilla, Godzilla was uh, restarted again in 1984 in a movie called uh, The Return of Godzilla, a.k.a. Godzilla 1985, because when it got released by Roger Corman in North America, they retitled it Godzilla 1985, and they actually dubbed it again, and they shot new scenes with Raymond Burr, who was in the Americanized version of the original Godzilla King of the Monsters in 1955, playing the same character. His, whose character's name is Steve Martin, um, which by 1985 they like, ha- they either called him Steven or Mr. Martin, not Steve Martin, because of obviously Steve Martin the comedian. Uh, and then that was the, um, I think that was called the the Hesse series, or the, uh, the Showa series was the original, and then the Hesse series went from 1985 to 1995, which ended with Godzilla versus Destroya. And I'm not pronouncing that wrong, it's Destroya, D E S T R O Y A H. And it's um, a hip hop for the hip hop generation. That yeah. does sound like a hip hop name. Destroya and um, MC Destroya. Yeah. So, anyways, that featured Godzilla, who uh, probably a <laughs> quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Now, the interesting thing about Godzilla 1985 is that it's actually a direct sequel to the original Godzilla film from 1955, because they basically said they ignored all the sequels where Godzilla, you know, fought um, King Ghidorah. And the smog monster, aka Hedora, and Ghidorah, the sea monster, and Gamera, or not Gamera, Mothra, and all those guys, yeah, and Rodan, and yeah, Rodan, and uh, Anguirus, um, and all those guys. And so then they started again from 1985 to 1995. In 1995, it ended with Godzilla versus Destroya when. Godzilla, his heart starts to break down and go into a nuclear meltdown, so he actually like is glowing and smoking throughout the entire movie, and it ends with him dying, fighting the Destroyer, which they create as something to stop Godzilla, but of course it mutates into a monster, and he, in his final act of say, of bravery, he defeats the Destroyer. But then in the distance, we hear the cry of a young God's, of, of the son of Godzilla. Oh man, I've been meaning to watch that one. Son of Godzilla is good. Yeah, I hear it's a tree or jerker. 
It's pretty, it's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Me and my dad watched it many, many... Like, that was actually, like, the first Godzilla film I ever saw was Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, and the second one was Son of Godzilla, which my dad watched. Me and my dad watched, um, which was a movie that my dad, thankfully, didn't, like, mock all the way through, which he was known to do, much like he does with professional wrestling now whenever I try to watch it when he's around. Um, so, then, after Godzilla 1995, um, it's quiet for a while. The American Godzilla comes out, and Toho in Japan was like, okay, we're done with Godzilla for a little while. Then, Thanks for rolling down, right? Then, freaking Matthew Broderick has to fight an iguana. And all of a sudden, Japan was like, not on our watch. And they bring back Godzilla with Godzilla 2000, which, again, is another direct sequel to the first Godzilla film from 1955. And then, pretty much every other movie from there had no continuity other than... Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla, and then the, its direct sequel, Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Um, and then they did a really good one called Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah Giant All Out Monster Attack, which is the, actually one of the more darker films for Godzilla. It's actually the little, the literal personification of all the souls of the Japanese that died in the nuclear bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Jesus. Nagasaki. I know it's dark. It's dark. It's great. And then we get to Godzilla Final Wars, and it is the be-all, end-all of Godzilla films. Now, recently, Japan has started up again with uh, Godzilla, or Shin Godzilla, a.k.a. Godzilla Resurgence, which I saw, which is really great, where the true monster in that film is bureaucracy. (laughs) There's lots of intense scenes of Japanese men in ties being like, we must do this, we must do that, let's wait for the Americans, let's hope the French intervene. And, yeah, it's great. So, guys, that's where we are. What have we all seen since we last recorded? I'm starting with Lillian. Oh, man, I've seen a lot of movies since we last recorded. Yeah. What? (laughs) One of them was The Boy. Did you, you, Phil, you you do Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I I don't know that one. It's about this doll and this uh, woman is supposed to be taking care of him. These, they're, his parents hired him. Anyway, it was, it it, it was eerie and it was cool and it was neat. And uh, yeah, I watched a bunch of movies. I just can't remember them now. And I don't know who directed The Boy, but it's fairly recent. Yeah, there was actually, it came out two years ago, and there was actually two movies called The Boy that came out in the same year, one from Netflix and one that went to theatrical. But they're both different movies? Okay. Yeah, sorry, I was nodding for those not in the room with us right now. They're, yeah, they're both different movies. And I think the one you're talking about stars the girl from The Walking Dead, who's actually, I think, Australian, and she was playing someone with a British accent in that movie. She's the one who plays Maggie on The Walking Dead? Yeah, the one that, that, that hooks up with Glenn. And she's supposed to take care of this boy, but it's a doll. And she, when she sees what she's supposed to be taking care of, because and everybody's acting like it's normal, she's kind of like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" But she kind of plays along, and stuff happens, and it's I don't know. I, I'll check it out. Cool. That's good. Sounds good. It's all good. Phil, what have you seen? All right. I've seen What We Do in the Shadows. For the first time or second time? First time. Wow. Yeah. Um, Remember, werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> it is stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, The Cult of J.T. Leroy, that documentary. Oh, yeah. That was directed by um, uh, uh, Jeff Fierzeig. 
No, that's the that's the the second one. Like that's like the oh. authorized one. Like yeah, that was called like author, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, author I, I, the JT Leroy yeah. story. But um, I don't ever like to really name drop. But I've worked with uh, Jeff Fierzyk. He was a cool guy. <laughs> we got along. I liked it. Yeah, definite name nice. drop. <laughs> we made some documentaries for Google. It was cool about the 40th anniversary of Pride in Toronto. Like you know, whatever. Yeah, it's not every day you get to work with one of your heroes, and I did, and he was all right. The cult of JT Leroy is definitely not favorable to Laura no. Albert. <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting story because on the one hand, I'm like, I'm kind of like, it's cool that she pulled that off. And then on the other hand, like, I know a lot of people felt lied to because they thought this person was real that they were reading. But I'm like, even if you, if, even if you get something out of it, it's like what the Coen brothers do when they say something's a true story with Fargo. It's not a true story. They just made it up to make people latch onto it a bit more. So I don't know. Well, I mean, the issue is, is that, like, Laura Albert, like, latched onto, like, the entire, like, LGBT community, like... Saying, and she's not a part... Of, yeah, that's true. And, like, the hoax involved, like, exploiting people's empathy, like, this HIV-positive, like, sex worker, teenager... Mm-hmm. Like, Justin Terminator Leroy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that that definitely crossed the line. If it was just like a case Ozzie of Argento like Argento adapted one of those those, bo- yeah, those she books, did. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the heart is deceitful above all things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And quote unquote JT Leroy was like friends with like Shirley Manson and Billy Corgan mm-hmm. and And not a real person, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the entire alt rock scene of uh the late nineties. Um uh, and I also saw the Phantom Thread, sorry kit. Which I really oh, liked. It was it was quite good. They're bringing it back in seventy millimeter at the light box. I might go see that. Oh wow! They're also doing Blade Runner twenty forty nine at some point this weekend in at the Cinesphere. We need to go to the Cinesphere. I haven't I been know. since grade school. I have never been because when I moved here, it was shut down and mothballed. Yeah. I was like, they're gonna rip it down and make a condo. Um, they haven't yet. Thank God. Thank goodness they restored the Cinesphere. It's an Ontario, Ontario place. place. The oh, Big Globe. The okay, Big Globe. Yeah. yeah. You've probably it's seen like a movie theater. theater. They used to show like Top Gun there like every week back in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen something there and in the planetarium as well. Probably something involving like dinosaurs or like the Arctic. In the planetarium? It was about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> cheese? Yeah. I watched it. Mm. It was like floating cheese. It was really nice. Nice. You know, there's a certain restaurant chain in North in Canada. That sells cheese-like sandwiches, but they're not actually cheese. Sorry, that's a little insight. For, for, the, for the five people that know me, that's an inside joke. I listen to this podcast. I, I know, Graham, and I don't even get that joke. That's because you were late. I'll explain it to you, I'll explain <laughs> to you when, when we're not rolling, when I can't be liable. And for non-movie content, I've watched the uh, first four episodes of Dirty Money. That show is great. It is. I Two love it go. so much. Oh, man. The last one. The Trump I, one? Here's the thing. I didn't know the last one was about Trump until it started. And I was like, because he kind of is peppered in here and there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, this whole thing is about him. And you're just like, oh, my God. He hasn't had any money since 1991. Well, that I knew about. Mm-hmm. But... He can't get a bank loan. He, like, his bank rate, his, his credit rating is so bad, he can't get a bank loan. Personal or business. In comes Russia. Yeah. Anyways, Kit, what have you seen? Uh, I've seen uh, only two films of note. Which I watched. One? I finally watched The Disaster Artist. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable film. Yes. 
quite. I, I don't know if there's much to add after we've done our whole The Room no. podcast. See, that's the thing. Like, I've, I kind of feel that that film has kind of ended the, the whole conversation on The Room. I feel yep. like Tommy Wiseau is just now fading off into the ether. I also, I think it, I know why they ended the way they did with like the crowd mm. laughing and cheering. That's not how it actually happened. No. I know. I think it might have been better if, if it, it wasn't happened that way. Yeah. Well, that's in the, the film, like, I mean. Yeah. The book ends very abruptly with like, and the screen, first screen was a disaster. And then the next paragraph is like, and then it became a cult hit. Um, yeah, the movie the movie toned down a lot of the neg- negativity. Like the whole reason Greg Sestero in the book said he did the movie was for the money, whereas in the movie in the Disaster Artist, it's for the love of making something and his best friend and his best friend. Yeah, good old parasitic. Greg and I think Sestero. I think we already talked about. It. I don't think Dave Franco is the best of actors. No, um, no. But uh, the thing I will say one thing is that like you definitely felt a connection between them because they're brothers. I, th- I feel that's why that Franco cast him more. I think Franco cast him more for his only for his performance more so than other Franco's performance because I feel that if James didn't have someone that he was that close with to play off of, he probably couldn't have given the performance that he gave through yeah. all that accent and hair and costume and yeah, and and, and 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 James Franco's performance is, is good. It seems yeah. uh, at first it seems too um, sticky, sticky to yeah. uh, to. Too much like a parody, too mm-hmm. much. Um, but by the end of the film, you're like, oh, I guess this—that's just who this and guy is. Though. Like he really embodies it well. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Dave Franco, it's all just like stuttering astonishment through the entire film. Like what? 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 Yeah. Like and his eyebrows suck. Like I don't know what it is. <laughs> Everything he's in, I just see those eyebrows. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing with those eyebrows? Like, are you like just like randomly like with a razor every morning? Yeah. Yeah, I also forgot. I, I watched uh, both seasons of Easy, and he's definitely uh, one of the, he's definitely the one of the weaker, more grating characters. I have, Although I think he was written that way. Yeah, he's thing. definitely supposed to be grating. Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. So Netflix does this stupid thing now when it starts a show. It starts with the most current season. Yeah. Did you start watching the second season first by accident? Yeah. That ruins it. <laughs> that ruins it because the the how many episodes in did you did you watch the entire thing backwards? No, not entirely, because I started out watching season one, but then, like, I logged back in, and then, like, I resumed, like, midway through season two. So. Ah, because the thing is, the, the stories carry over, and it, yeah. it makes an impact. Uh, uh, former guest of the podcast, Vanessa Young, she started watching season two and didn't realize it, and I'm like, no, but the the there's so many things that pay off in season two that are launched in season one. Anyways, it's just frustrating. I didn't ruin it for me, though. Okay. Because they're pretty self self contained. But the thing is, like, I when then when that the epi- context helps. Yes, yeah. because with that episode with um with the married couple, mm-hmm. um, like you see it in like the first scene of them is is being like, oh, we're gonna have an open relationship, and after seeing that episode in the first season, I was like, what? No, you just made it work, and now you're throwing it all away. You're fucking it all up. I'm gonna have to bleep that now. It's worth it. It's worth it because they fucked it all up. Um, yeah, like there are certain things that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting with the context, like um, especially with Franco's character, because it's like yeah. if you watch that out of context, you're like this whiny little bitch. Like, why are you just annoying? Yeah. No, I watched the I watched the first brewery episode, so like of season one before I saw. But that there's two brewery episodes in season yeah, one. Yeah, but I missed the second, so I watched the second one last. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so that was a bit wonky. Um, Tune in and next also, week to uh, our easy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it also easy. helps with um, having the context later on of um, that, 
those episodes with uh i think it's oats of garfunkel and oats i forget yeah that. oh i know like especially like when she shows up in that last episode of the mm-hmm. second season you're just like because like at first i'm like okay she's just the girl that wants to this freaky on tinder yeah. and then you just see like the layers peel away and that she's actually a human being mm-hmm. and has this raw emotional connection and just sort of like hits that point where she's in her late 30s and she's kind of realizing i'm probably never gonna settle down and have children and it actually affects her more than i think even her character thought it would yeah yeah man i love joe swanberg he went from being someone that i like didn't like a whole lot to being someone that i like quite a bit yeah he definitely made the most annoying of the mumblecore movies yeah but i think that was him just like working out his own stuff like just figuring out how to tell a story and like we got to see it all happen in front of us so that by the time you get to like something like drinking buddies it's very refined or something like happy christmas or win it all both of which i like quite a bit oh sorry what was the other film you watched kit i watched the florida project one of my favorite movies from last year yeah it was, it was quite good mm-hmm. uh it's it's um it's a film set uh around walt disney world but not in it yeah. um set in the low but then like the the low budget motels outside where people live they're called the hidden homeless because they live in motels but they have to like they don't they're not out in the open. Exactly. And, and it's, the, about, it's the, the kids. The, the bitter irony is that all the hotels are called like Magic Kingdom and Tomorrowland and, and they're brightly colored and purple and they look like they could be like on a Disney Yeah, they look like they're affiliated but, but not really. But not really. They're really run down when you get up close to them. Um, and, and there's one point in the movie where like a couple accidentally like yeah they thought he, they were staying at the actual Magic Kingdom for, King, for like, his honeymoon like he booked uh, Disney a room hotel. at uh, Magic Kingdom and it turns out he's at this shitty rundown motel and his uh, his bride is all very upset and it's pretty funny um, Willem Dafoe was in it and um, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking to myself like I could watch a five hour epic that's mm-hmm. just Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe managing the mundane day to day tasks of a small business i i could definitely watch that i know it's just great just him like just dealing with like oh those kids turn off the power again like god i love that movie so much well and it's it's funny because the kids start off definitely really really grating because Mm -hmm. they're terribly behaved yeah um but you find out why they're terribly behaved and it becomes more understandable Mm -hmm. um and and once you get you spend more time with the kids they become less grating they're still pretty obnoxious you understand where they're coming from but you understand why they're my god the main little girl yeah she's really good at the end when she's crying i'm i cried in the theater watching it oh wow and she was in the theater like the little girl oh wow so you watched yeah okay that's yeah so it's not documentary style no i mean there's obviously a lot of ad-libbed dialogue and they do that so the kids Mm -hmm. will sound more natural obviously they give them like one line like um oh just get to this point where Mm -hmm. you go into a place where you're not supposed to and you say let's go in here we're not supposed to be in here but the rest of the dialogue is obviously like just you know pretend you're playing with your friends yeah yeah and uh really well done the The mother in that film was cast from instagram yeah yeah she's pretty authentic right like all her tats and stuff are legit real yeah 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 she was she was good too Mm -hmm. and she's just as obnoxious as her little girl which that's her first role ever yeah apple doesn't fall far from that you completely understand it except they're not really related in real life that's the crazy thing well they're acting right yeah, or, exactly. <laughs> I'm lost. But okay, I haven't heard of this movie. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. I'd, I'd me and, recommend me it. And Amy and Vanessa went to go see it at TIFF. Oh, okay. Check <laughs> wow. it out. I, I'm preferring Willem Dafoe for the best supporting yeah. actor race over, um, what's the other movie that I've seen? Oh, Woody Harrelson and um, Sam Rockwell. I, I would prefer, yeah, much, I would, much prefer I would, Willem I would, Dafoe Yeah, I prefer win. Willem Dafoe to win as well. Yeah, the, I still haven't seen The Florida Project, the, the director's previous movie, uh, Tangerine. Yeah. great. 
Tangerine. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I still haven't seen Tangerine. So, Kit, a little bit trivia. I'm going to say this without spoiling anything. The end of the movie, when they're where you know. Is that, is that uh, Gorilla? No permission. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Shot on an iPhone. I could totally tell. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Tangerine was shot on an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, going back to his roots. Uh, interesting thing about the Florida Project, it was actually shot on... I mean, I could tell in a good way. I wasn't yeah. like, oh, the uh, the seams of the production were showing. I'm just like, I yeah. I could tell it was Gorilla because... Because... Like, just... I don't think they're supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think they're supposed to be where they are, yeah. So, anyways, uh, long story short, uh, they shot that film on film... On 35 millimeter film stock, they shot the night scenes on an Aerie Alexa to, because it was better for night. They transferred, and then the stuff they shot on the iPhone, they transferred that all to film, and then then scanned it for to redigitize it to make sure it would all kind of match. So there's not too much big discrepancy between the daytime, nighttime, and that stuff at the end. What was that? That there was another stupid film um, where I don't know if it was a stupid film. I never saw it, but the whole um, gimmick of the film was that it was uh, shot guerrilla style on either uh, Disneyland or Disney World. I can't remember which Escape one. Escape from Tomorrow. Escape from Tomorrow. I haven't tomorrow, seen it yeah. either. I do want to see it though because just for the audacity of it, like shooting an entire movie at Disney World, just sounds awesome. Because like on not with mm-hmm. with without the permission of Disney, yeah. obviously. And it was about, but the difference is that film was about Disney World. Like that's the crazy thing. Exit through the gift shop was partially shot at Disney. That's right. Yeah, I haven't seen that film. Oh, do it's a it's a good documentary. Which one? Sorry. Exit through the gift shop, the Banksy movie. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, and um, okay. That talk about shooting without permission. That segues into my film. So last, just last night. I watched uh, Larry Cohen's God Told Me To, which I have always thought the title of was God Told Me To Kill. Um, yeah, because I think the box the box is, cover has yeah, yeah like um, like the word God Told Me To dot 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 kill. Um, but kill is just the tagline. Nah, kill is just the tagline. Yeah, it's just God told me to. And it was shot largely without permission in New York City during the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which is crazy. Um, and they featured people shooting. It was really entertaining and good and was continues the the tradition of Larry Cohen movies where it starts off and you think, oh, it's about this. And then, no, no, it's actually about this. It's kind of like with Q the Winged Serpent. You think, oh, it's about a big monster attacking New York City. And it's also about a thousand-year-old cult that worships the monster and will do anything to keep it, to, to make sure that it inherits the earth somehow. Or ambulance thinking like, oh, it's about an ambulance that like kidnaps people and cuts them up, but it's really about a rogue surgeon who wants to sell kidneys on the, it's, crazy bonkers good so here's what i've seen since we watched about tomorrow part two i'll go through it quickly blade of the immortal by takashi miyakai from japan i love the heck out of this film please stop whatever you're doing right now and watch blade of the immortal uh it's one of my favorite films it's probably tied with revenge as being my favorite film of 2017 right now i then watched the spiritual sequel to class of 1984 class of 1999 which was amazing Shot in Seattle, post-apocalyptic high school movie, so gosh darn good. I can't even, you know, think about it. Then, continuing the my Takashi Miyakai kick, I watched Full Metal Yakuza, which is, meh, all right. Um, I watched Ingrid Goes West, which was great, which uh, Lillian discussed in our last episode, so I won't uh, go into it here. And I watched the, all, the Tower Records documentary, All Things Must Pass, which was directed by Colin Hanks, which... Oh, right, that one. Uh, yeah, see, okay. I'm going to take a moment here. So, so I like documentaries, but this documentary, here's the thing, this documentary was a little too praising of, it falls into the trap 
I don't know if Colin Hanks was trying to either prove or disprove it, the documentary's own thesis. So in the documentary, it talks about how all these baby boomers started the Tower Records chain and how they were badass. They like would get wasted at work and smoke joints in the back and go out and you know go to parties. And even their accountant, even though he was tight-fisted about money, he would still like to go out and like grab a girl and force her to sit on her, on, her, on his lap and stuff. Um, and isn't it great how we're just wild, crazy guys? Um, and then they talk about when the owner's son, the, the I guess Gen X guy, came in and was like, you know, there's a whole bunch of changes coming. We should probably get ready for it. And they accused him of being a stick in the mud and not being part of the thing. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not a stick in the mud. I'm just saying, like, we need to be ready for, like, a change that occurs. And we need to be able to adapt and change with it. And they didn't. And then they went out of business. And then they complained about... Right? Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't even that young. He was like forty when he was like, guys, we should or no, he was like like thirty five when he's like, guys, like, seriously, like I'm talking to people, they're their things are changing. Like we gotta change with it. Just like the way mm-hmm. businesses are run or the way that kind of like the way that with kind online of, thing shifting towards like online. They they had to because that was so they went Tower Records the music store time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like which had a, a store in Toronto and I went when I, like the one time I was in Toronto before I used to go to that store all the time. And was only open for like a very brief period of time too, wasn't it? At uh, Young and Dun, it was at Young and uh, Queen. Queen. Yeah, it was on the northwest corner. It was maybe open, I'm wrong. It was open for like five or six years, I'd say. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like, I went there. So I went to Toronto once before. To like, I I can count the amount of times I went to Toronto before I moved here on one hand. Young and Queen, right yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Right on that corner. Yeah, it's like that perpetually vacant corner. It's no, like I, six stories. Yeah, I went there and actually, uh, I was so stoked because in their magazine section they had copies of Maximum Rock and Roll, which I was like, oh my god, they've got Maximum Rock and Roll. This is an underground hardcore zine. I'm getting it. It was black, white newsprint. It came off mostly in my hands. So wasn't that good? Um, oh, I can, I can totally imagine the excitement. I know. Seventeen year old was like, this is. You find something yeah. in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, what the whole thing was like, they didn't. And, like, the weird thing is, even with the vinyl resurgence that's going on right now, they were still saying, like, ah, CDs are the best. CDs are the ways to go. I don't know why kids listen to stuff on something that's not a CD. And it's like, the jewel cases are cheap plastic. They fall apart. They're not good. CDs scratch easy. That was yeah, the problem yeah. the product. Anyways. Yeah, the skips. Oh, that's nothing worse. And you worse. can't listen to it. Then you're listening to your favorite song, and it's hiccuping. And, d- d- yeah. yeah, it's just the worst. And so... Tape thing you can whip out a pen and like tighten it back up and unless your tape deck totally chews up the tape. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. When happen. it chews yeah. it, you got to take it out and then carefully no, roll but it sometimes, back sometimes in. it's just like it just won't happen. Like I know sometimes it's beyond. Repair. I've had like tape like trapped like Accordion. in the cartridge. Yeah. yeah, I remember my crisscross tape got eaten up by uh, my oh, no. open. Yeah, make you wanna. Yeah, I rewinded that. I rewound that song too many times yeah. and then. <laughs> Yeah. That was the end of that tape. Is it DJing too many parties and they were like, Phil, rewind that. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just give me two minutes. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, it, it was it was an interesting documentary because I, I thought it was going to be more about the fall of Tower Records, but they were just sort of like, because like basically everyone in at the start of Tower Records started, like one guy like started working there because he was living in the apartment above another guy that worked there. And one day the guy that worked at Tower Records came home and saw that guy in his bath, like taking a bath, eating his food. And the guy was just like, this is the hippier. And he's like, hey man, I got no money to pay for hot water, so I'm taking a bath. And the guy's like, well, I'll hire you then so you can pay your own bills. And it's just like, and that guy stayed at the company 
until they closed and was complaining about like this guy came in and he said we needed to change our business and he didn't go out and get drunk at lunch and come home uh, come back to work and smoke weed in the back with us and the guy's like no because we are a billion dollar in 1999 tower records netted or no sorry they grossed a billion dollars a billion dollars in 1999 by 2006 they were gone right like right when napster came on just before yeah yeah Yeah, just with the whole britney spears like one good song album. yeah so it's not so much that they were doing something wrong it's that times were changing isn't it well it's that they didn't adapt to the times changing but how can they if everything's like digital and online and free well well, what are they really supposed to do like lower the prices no it's it's not even so much that but it's more or less like they didn't adapt to so like look at hmb it H-M- should have reduced the price i don't know blockbuster fell yeah. victim to the same yeah. kind of yeah i was just gonna bring in blockbuster because like supposedly like netflix they could have gone in on the netflix oh, yeah. thing and then blockbuster and shot the bed with that well yeah, that's, they could have and they should have well, here's here's the frustrating thing is that um tower records actually had the first online record store but they just didn't care about it. Like that's the thing. Like the guy was like, he want, like the one thing is like they wanted to sell records online, and it's like yeah, you could have, like or not records, but like music online, like MP3 Shop online, basically, right? Yeah, before anyone else. Like that could have saved them. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, documentary is interesting, but the people aren't. Um, and then I watched the Death Cheaters, which is directed by Brian Trenchard Smith, who is an Australian exploitation legend who did The Man from Hong Kong, Dead End Drive In. Uh, I think he did. No, he didn't do Howling Two. Your sister is a werewolf. He did um, Stunt Rock. Um, he's a favorite of Quentin Tarantino's. Um, it's uh, it was a good fun film about uh, two stuntmen who were in Vietnam together that like decided to become stuntmen and then they get drafted by the Australian Secret Service to perform a rescue mission in the Philippines. And they fo- they have their their stunt team is called Cunning Stunts, and they walk around like in all these government facilities wearing T-shirts that says Cunning Stunts on them, and it's just like. Ah, the 70s. (laughs) All right, so that brings us to our film for tonight, Godzilla Final Wars. So we're going to start watching it. Uh, Does anyone have have anything else? Oh, by the way, I watched Generation Kill. Uh, I don't really talk about the... David Simon? Yeah, the David Simon show. I don't really talk about the TV I watch because I don't really think it's... It's like a seven-hour movie, though. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. I, I really dug it. But I'd, I'd I'd like to see a Godzilla film where it's Godzilla versus emotional baggage. <laughs> versus well, a little rich suitcase. That's in, that's that's Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla in, versus in depression. Godzilla, that's this Godzilla versus bureaucracy. Oh. Godzilla versus existential angst. Well, that's kind of happened in Godzilla versus the smog monster. Because <laughs> it was like a, a monster created by pollution that was like fed off people's very bad introspective. Feelings. Yeah. Godzilla versus Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> It'd be a very quick fight, like Godzilla versus Bambi. Ah, uh, yes, the classic Canadian film. Mm-hmm. He just go and like just move his hair out of place, and there he's finished. Down. Or pull his like eyebrow. Like he's ring like he's Samson. Something. Like his eyebrow eyebrow ring is his power. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, how did he screw up that situation with Gwen Stefani? He had it made. He's Mr. Stefani. Because he wasn't doing anything after he actually, He was freeloading off her, I guess. He, yeah. was, he was actually really, really good in that, uh, that Keanu Reeves movie, Constantine. He played Although, it. Was in that? Yeah. Huh. Man, when you lose your girl to mm-hmm. friggin', what's his name? Blake Shelton? Ugh, that's too bad. <sighs> yeah, he just fell off a cliff right there. <laughs> Are they still rocking it? Who, Bush? Gwen and the... Blake the Shelton? Guy? Are they still... Yeah, they're on The Voice together, aren't they? I don't know. I don't watch that show, but... No. Speaking of uh, that show, Everything Sucks, like, there's this one female character who... 
the first ep- couple episodes, she's dressed like Courtney Love, like full on with like the slip on the outside as her dress. Then the third episode, she's dressed like Gwen Stefani. The third episode, she's a goth. And then I haven't gotten to the fourth episode yet. Anyways, I believe there's a 90s Descendants record mm-hmm. called Everything Sucks. Yeah, there is. It's S-U-X. I know. That's yeah. why I started watching. I'm like, is this a reference to, to the Descendants record? Because I love that record. Everything Sucks Today. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. there will be an impending Descendants reference. Yeah. I was shocked. They go to the far, Vans Warp Tour. How far are you guys in? And everything sucks. Oh, I haven't checked out any of it. No. Oh, I thought. Oh. No, no. It, but yeah, Netflix keeps advertising it. Yeah. To me. They're pushing it hard because they want to go off that '90s nostalgia. Although they did do a very deep cut into a non-single release from uh, Weezer's Pinkerton, Pink Triangle. They played Pink Triangle because a character. It's a good song, though. It's a bit problematic, but I, I do like that. Although it a does, few of those, those, it does have to do with pretty good. yeah. It does have to do with the fact that this character realizes she is a lesbian in the film, in the show, and there's a guy that likes her and. So they just basically got the song, the song Pink Triangle, and they wrote an episode around it. No, it was like the, the she's like the main character. of The show is that is this girl that realizes she's a lesbian. Well, Although, this, this, this makes I me think she they wasn't wrote the entire show around this one song. No, I think they remo- <laughs> they mostly wrote it around Tori Amos songs because she's wearing a Tori Amos T-shirt, and they go to see a Tori, Tori Amos concert in uh, in Portland. Okay, yeah, that's a thing to base your show around. I guess I know the best thing ever is though this guy makes this music video. And he shoots it all in a day on VHS and does like green screen stuff and edits it all together like perfectly in sync with Oasis's, uh, uh, their big hit. Supernova. No, no. Oh, Wonderwall then. Wonderwall, yeah. He syncs up to Wonderwall. I'm like, you can't do that on VHS, like VCR to VCR. It's impossible to do blue screen on VCR to VCR. Anyways, that's my ranting. Hey, it's Godzilla Final Wars. We'll be right back. Yay. (laughs) Hi. This final mission will decide the fate of the human race. This is Operation Final War. Godzilla Final Wars. And we're back, and that was Godzilla Final Wars. Oh my good God, that was amazing, Graham. Thank you so much. <laughs> I do think that the Asian Action Month has been our best, like, pound for pound best series of films so far. Uh, and it's just, I'll, go, I'll go with that. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that we're like, we're, like yeah. I'm tired because I got up at 6 this morning. Actually, I got up at like 5.30. Phil was tired too. But Lillian and Kit, you guys are both wide-eyed and awake for the entire two hours of Godzilla oh, Final World. I was like on the floor the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, we missed that. What was that, Lil? My jaw was on the floor the whole time. I was just like, whoa, yeah, oh, oh, oh whoa. She, yeah, she's there were references to and like and digs at every single movie in pop culture in this film. I love it how they like they use the X Men philosophy and then rip on the X Men. They show Zilla, who is known as uh, who's the American Godzilla from the nineteen ninety eight Matthew Broderick movie, who shows up and gets destroyed in 20 seconds it was great in fact that well he, he rips shit up in sydney yeah australia but then godzilla the real godzilla shows up and he just makes quick work yeah very quick as it should be um and also american godzilla gets thrown to a frank gary uh frank yeah frank the gary Sydney opera house yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna do a quick rundown of all the monsters that are in this film 
So we have, of course, Godzilla. We have Rodan. We have Angurius. We have Zilla, which is the American Godzilla. We have King Caesar, who is from my favorite Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Uh, Mechagodzilla. We have the Kamakuras, who so is... like some big uh, praying mantis type thing. Yep. We have Kuramanga, Manda, Ibera, Gigan, Mothra, Minilla, who I think we all appreciated quite a bit, uh, Hedera, Monster X, who becomes King Ghidorah. Varen from stock footage. Baragon from stock footage, who's not used. Gaira from stock footage, who's not used. Gezera from stock footage. Titanosaurus, also from stock footage. Megagarius from stock footage. Fake Godzilla, who I don't know who that is, from stock footage. And Godzilla Jr., who is the second series of Godzilla films. So the... The son of Godzilla that pops up in this one is actually from the original Godzilla series from 54 to 75. Uh, and then there's a Godzilla Jr. that shows up in the 85 to 95 uh, series. And actually, he shows up. He's much more like a an actual, not like cutesy pie version of Godzilla, of a son of Godzilla. Just a mini version of him? A small version of that in Godzilla vs. Destroyer, the end scene is him achieving adulthood and like letting loose Godzilla's famous roar. So yeah, lots of wonderful, wonderful monsters. Um, oh shit, no, I didn't get through them all. Oh no, that's just vehicles. Anyways, Kit, take us through Godzilla vs. Final Wars. Well, it, it starts with a, with a dang blast there. As, uh, as I guess we start, I don't know, it must be 30 years prior or something Which I like think that. is like 20 years in the future from now. It's, yeah. it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's the far future that starts they're, in they're its past. immediately fighting Godzilla. Was, I didn't think it was so much into the future. I just think it was something that happened and and then it you mean needed like to you, be revisited you think it was so it was the when we start it's like in 2005 and then we go yeah 30, I, don't, I, I didn't get the, the impression that it was like it was just somewhere very very it was off in the south pole that's all that's right. Yeah, but well, it does I, go thirty years after that because yeah, because Don Fry man. grows up. Yeah, Don Fry, who was a uh, an MMA fighter in Japan at the time, very popular. Who is not a great actor, but he he says the words and he wears that mustache well. He wears that mustache. And oh, that... he looked the same in the beginning as he did anyway. No, no, no. He he. So thirty years. Because they show by. him. Yeah, they, he's like played by a different actor, um, in the in the first bit. And he's like, I was there. I can defeat Godzilla because I was there. And then they flash back. And it's he was like the one who fired cadet. the missile that knocked him into the thing. Um, By the yeah, way, you missed kid, that. Anyway, uh, there is 30 years between. Um, I oh, thought he was the running the show on. You're talking about when, uh, when we guy. see him next and he's fighting the fire serpent um, dragon underwater, I guess, whose name is Manda. Yes, the fire serpent. Yes. So that's 30 years after he's already defeated Godzilla. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And for some reason, after he defeats this fire serpent underwater... Um, he gets the, court-martialed. He gets court-martialed. They're like, yeah, I bet you endangered the sub, so you're getting so court-martialed. So there was a piece before that that happened 30 years prior that I that I missed. Well, you were there in the for South. but you didn't... It was, it was in the South Pole, so long story short, Godzilla has been entombed in ice for for Nigon 30 years. And uh, we're brought to the Earth Defense Force... Uh, which is primarily uh, staffed by the M organization, which are mutants that have the that has the gene known as M base. Muties, which we learn is actually distributed by the aliens, the Zillions. Well, we're, we're, but, getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But there, they yeah. are a tough, uh, tough group of very highly trained, and they are basically the only chance against. They stand the only chance against monsters like Godzilla. And they're wearing like exactly. 
I don't know, like some some kind of armor. Some clear see through plastic, yeah. Clear see through plastic armor. I think you mm-hmm. said it was like a Final it Fantasy. Kind of has got thing, like a bit of like a hodgepodge Final Fantasy put together militaristic uh, uniform going on. Yeah, but they kick ass and they're trained and they're very skilled. This, oh yeah, this this whole <laughs> here, but this whole movie is very much like a, a JRPG type. Uh, just the way the plot moves and the way that characters are introduced and the way that the characters are presented, like Mister Mustache Guy with his M Bison hat and his friggin' mustache suede cowhide outfit and, and stuff. his samurai sword and his samurai sword. I could see that guy being in um, in any of the Final Fantasy games or. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So then we're taken to when the uh, the Secretary of Defense for the UN, who is the first Japanese man to hold that position, uh, being interviewed on TV, talks about his dog Clint, which By comes a, back a in very cute. Yes. Um, what's her name? Uh, I'm looking it up right legs, now. Legs. I want to call her. Don't call her legs. My God. She's, what if that's her? She name? has a name. Reporter. She's got a great set of gams. <sighs> her name is Anna. Otanashi, who is the sister of Miyuki Otanashi, who is a um, who is a scientist working to decode the M base right, gene. Sisters, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yep. that they were sisters. And uh, Miyuki Otanashi is played by Rei Kikikawa, and um, Anna Otanashi is portrayed by Maki Mizuno. I am slaughtering those names. I apologize. You're doing a great job, Graham. At slaughtering the names. Our hero is actually our hero is uh, Shinzi Ozakai, who is the I guess unofficial leader of the uh, M organization, who is played by Masahiro Matasuka. We first meet Matsuoka. him. He's in a fight with a, a comrade of his, Kazuma. Yes, Kazuma, who is played by I'm looking it up right now. It's actually Katsunori Kazuma, played by Kane Koshugi. Oh, I wonder if he's related to Sho Kazugi at all. Oh no, go away, come back. But anyway, Keep yeah, they're, they're kind of in a mutant fight where, and I guess the mutant power is just that they're really good at fighting and they can also sort of float in the air. Oh, oh wait, 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 sorry, sorry. It's kind of, it's kind of uh, made very clear that their power is equal. But, um. Yeah, they're, they're, they're it's a they're very they seem equal evenly fight. matched. Yeah. Evenly yeah. matched, yeah. They're evenly matched, but the other one wins. Kazuma gets Kazuma, the upper hand thank there. You. Because and as there's some question of mm-hmm. uh, you know you got to be a killing machine yes. you got to be you got to be but our hero uh, Ozakai our hero Ozakai our hero Ozakai says like we must have heart in order to save people which comes back in the very last scene so anyways Kane uh, Kosugi who plays. Uh, Kozuma is actually the son of Shokazugi from Enter the Ninja, Return Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja Three: The Domination, uh, Pray for and Pray for Death, and Marked for Death. He is a fantastic Japanese actor, martial artist who I'm a big fan of. There you go. He was the ninja in Revenge of the Ninja. Nice. Oh. Which we all remember. Full circle. That's that's. Yeah, that's good. Against the ninja. That was Miami connection. I know, I know. But we should. We should our, was that our first movie night, Revenge? That was, that was one of the. That was uh, one of the first movie nights. I think that might have been the second one. Yeah. I was in your yeah. your backyard. I know, though, way yeah. back in the day when we we could do that. Those are the good old days. I got to do another like group movie night soon. 
But anyways, that's when the, story the weather gets day. nicer. Or just another one in my apartment, like we used to do, not in the oh. video store like we do now. Oh, okay. Can't get anyone up here for that. Um, so yeah, so then we're introduced to the mutants, who um, basically like we learn are advanced humans. The aliens basically at all this time. Every single monster on Earth attacks at once. The aliens show up and all the monsters disappear. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got rid of them because we want to start the... We want to abolish the United Nations and make the Space Nations. And they bring back the Secretary of Defense who was blown up when his plane blew up by a monster. By Rodan. But it turned... Yes, by Rodan. And we're treated to a very hilarious scene in New York City where the most 1970s pimp uh, tells off a cop Yeah, we're in like a fur coat and stuff. In 2004. Pretty hilarious. And he yeah. looks like Dennis Rodman. Driving a purple a Cadillac. A little bit like Dennis Rodman. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, so then we go to... So then the aliens land. There's a lot going on in this movie. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to decipher because like, there's so many plots happening at once. There's the aliens who want to use the Earth people as cattle for the mitochondrias because they need well, to Well, they, they don't come out and say that. The no, it's zillions. always a, the zillions. And the zillions are, it's kind of like an homage to the show V because underneath their flesh they have these horrible fish creature bodies. Yeah. And initially they're like, oh, we did this for your benefit so that you wouldn't get weirded out by our parents. And then the bad zillion like shoots the the other bazillion and it's like no I'm in charge now we're taking over your stupid planet and here's all the monsters ah yeah cause they have a conversation the young the young fella and the old guy and he's like no peace is the way we need to peace is the way to take we over this we world. must win their hearts and minds whereas the young zillion just decides screw it we're gonna kill them all with monsters I mean they're all sinister and they don't blink and that's how no. we can tell that they're uh, that's how you know so yeah so there's a bit of uh, invasion of the body snatchers here where the UN Secretary of Defense and the person that was putting in Don Fry for a court martial aka mustache was also were also replaced by the unblinking aliens I'm, I'm wondering if any of the plot that we're describing makes sense to our listeners because it- I hope not <laughs> I really hope not because this movie isn't, isn't something you can really explain it has to be experienced. I feel like we're just... It's really, yeah, it's really neat because these heroes that we think there's like this whole crew and at the same time we're wondering how the hell are these people, these humans, going to take on these monsters, right? But, but it turns the, out... Before the Zillions arrive, there's uh, a bunch of monsters wreaking havoc. Yeah. Just causing shit That's in what Sydney, I said. And then the, yeah. in New York, yeah, that, and, then, and then that's why I said, like, the zillions show up. There's a great scene in Vancouver, British Columbia, where a kid throws a turtle toy into the fire and says, like, take that, you loser, and it's a direct jab at Gamera. Sorry, ah. kid. I know you grew up in a Gamera household, but I grew up in a Godzilla household. I don't even know where we were. Um, we're back again. Sorry, guys. We just had a big big discourse about something. Manila! Manila, Manila yes. 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 So Manila shows up um, yeah. around the time when we're seeing all these monsters. Yes, there is and Manila. And Manila's just in the woods, and he's this little... And he's encountered by this, by, by this guy, Kenta, and his grandfather. And his grandfather is a hunter wearing a loincloth out in the woods for some reason. And they put him into the back of their small pickup truck, and they start driving towards Tokyo. Every time you look at him, you're like, you're just a little mini piece of salvation. Right? And, and Phil thought he could see Manila's zipper, but... But we couldn't. Um, Manila... Could, could you see it, Phil? I thought I saw it. You didn't. You were asleep. Um, and Manila is a... Um, he's it's a battle wound, I think we ascertained, Kit. Manila's a also wound. a location. It's oh, yes, a it's zipper. a battle wound. Yeah, it's not a zipper. Yep. Manila in this movie, he is a agent of hope. That's how I like to put it. He's adorable. Yep. So the entire time, 
these monsters are wrecking the earth the alien or the um the the aliens we've said expose themselves for being the the true villains that they are well they take out all the Mm -hmm. monsters and they seem to be like oh we're here to protect you from the monsters but really they sent the monsters and they're controlling Mm -hmm. them uh, that's their whole agenda. It's uh, it's the whole shock politics kind of thing. Like, Yeah. Yep. We took away this bad thing that we created, so yeah. therefore you must like us and vote for us in the next election. Um, and then, so our heroes start to realize, hey, something's going on. And when they realize that the UN Secretary of Defense has uh, been replaced by a, an alien, and so has like one of their chief... Um, uh, the Japanese, the Earth Defense Forces chief strategist who uh, court-martialed Don Fry, and then uh, our hero Ozaki and the scientist girl, who I am terribly sorry that I cannot recall the name oh, of. Oh, right don't now. forget the Mothra bit too. Oh right, they so get there's visited. too much going on in this film. There's that, so much going on in this if movie. If I had one complaint about this film, it's that just there's too, too much, much no, going on. No, no, I have no complaint about this film. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I love this film and I love everything. I love in it. it too. It's so great. Like. You think you got your team all set up, but then it gets dismantled, and then you have, like, even more to take on. And then your only hope is to resurrect Godzilla from the South Pole to take on these beasts, only to think about what you're going to do with him afterwards. It's amazing. That is a big conundrum, because, like, so once they free Don Fry, because they realize he's probably, like, the highest-ranking official that is not taken over by aliens, they, he's like, we got to release Godzilla, and everyone's like, are you out of your mind? He's going to destroy everything, and then they, like, isn't he controlled by the aliens? And then the scientist, uh, Otanashi, um, says, like, well, actually, no, he's the one monster that doesn't have M-Base for some reason. Which is the gene. Like, that, they've got the this, this, have this that, old monster that, that's, yeah. uh, I guess, dead. Gigan. 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 From 12,000 kind of years ago. 12,000 years ago. That has ago. M-Base, which is the same as the mutants. And so right they, around that time is mm-hmm. when, uh, I guess, the twins, the little mini twins, little yes, sprites... The, the, yeah, the twins that that uh, let you know that Mothra is going to be making an appearance. And, unfortunately, and they they whisk our three three of the people, the yeah. um, the microbiologist, old scientist, uh, the old scientist Otanashi, guy, who is the young scientist, and Ozaki, who is our hero mutant, to their Mothra island, where they say like, "Oh, there was this bad monster twelve thousand years ago, Gigan, and Mothra defeated him." And now, when you need Mothra again, here's this lucky charm that uh, that they we'll give. Bring your true power out. Right, because that's what happens at the end of the movie. And that's why she stabs him with it at the end. Because he's struggling with... Are, are you What's follow- my X factor, right? You following oh, yeah. along here, audience? Oh. oh I, jumped, I, I took a Godzilla <laughs> step. By the way, audience, we'd love to hear from you. Please, like, reach out to us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Death by Video Podcast. Uh, We're on Facebook at Death by Video Podcast. On Twitter at Death by Video Pod, which Kit tweets every single minute of the day. I got three tweets uh, up now. Three tweets. Sweet. And you can shoot us an email at deathbyvideopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you or get some feedback. Anything just to let let us know that you're out there. Hi, like H-I would be nice with a little smiley face. Yeah. Or even just not, maybe just an H. You could do a winky face. Or like, yeah? Or one of those like thinking thinking emoji faces. I I like one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Phil did a very good impression of the thinking emoji face. By the way, come on, uh, come on, Virginia, reach out to us. We know you're listening to us. Cucamonga, California, you guys are listening to us as well. New York City, New York State was, was listening to us. 
we we'd love to hear from you guys come on our friends london england listened to us recently so uh didn't, didn't you say we had friends in tokyo tokyo we're gonna let you guys tokyo! <laughs> yeah we, we we would love to to hear from you in some capacity so please reach out um as we try to make our way through this this well, it's like okay so film. i don't even know you can't even speed through this plot because no. too much goes on um there is a there's a funny scene where they take down one of the uh where the mutants take down one of the monsters uh, oh yeah that was um Oh, that, the that mutants, was, by that the way, was, are, that, the, are the humans. Are, they are the M base, the M organization that I works say for the mutants, Earth Defense and You're probably force. thinking like X Men mutants, but they're just guys. But they're guys the with that can armor. jump really far and punch really hard and have like advanced the agents, right? Yes, from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah they look like the yeah. Agents. But that was actually before the Zillions showed up, though, when they took on. Uh, I think that was Ibera, the the sea monster. Yes, and then uh, for some reason, like uh, the one guy who speaks English. Yeah, he he gets on top of it, and he has a, like a good kill line, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Sorry, He's like, I'm sorry, I'm a vegetarian. And then oh, Ibera disappears. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I didn't. I never understood that. Fun fact: uh, Ibera is the sea monster. He was in the very first Godzilla film I ever saw. He Godzilla versus crawfish. the sea monster. That one, the crawfish guy, monster, not guy. What am I saying? He could be a guy. We don't know. We're not, you know, excluding anyone. Um, so anyway, yes, they get Captain exactly, Captain Gordon is Mustache Man, by the way. Captain, Captain Gordon, Gordon is his name. right? right. Um, then they go to um, they get in their special drill ship. Yeah, to go to the South Pole, and, and they leave behind uh, Otanashi's sister, the uh, Anna Otanashi, the, um, the, the journalist. And he there's 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 a lot of unrequited passion in this film. It almost feels like a grade three romance where nobody really consummates their like feelings for one another with like there's a kiss. There's too much going on to do, Graham. I know, I know, I know. Come there's on. a few glances though. There's a few glances. There's glances. The tables are set, but there's work to be done. <laughs> Captain, I, am I right? I, yes, Phil is being super silent during this film. I have a feeling this is going to be like our Elvira Mistress of the Dark episode. Oh, it's not Although that you bad. Although did, you didn't say, like, thank God it's over this time. Although you were asleep for a good 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I was well, asleep for you, maybe, like, 20 minutes. Did you, did you dig this 15 one? 15 minutes, I think it was. Yeah, did you, did you dig this one, Phil? Did you dig it? Did oh, you dig, my, fe- you my feelings it? were mixed. There were things I liked about it. Like all of it? All of oh, the things? I liked some of the things. There's what, a lot what, of things. What I will say, I was going to wait till my final criticism, but uh, it's too long. Yeah. This yeah. movie could be shortened yeah. by half an hour, and it would be much, much better. Godzilla doesn't show would up. Would yes, it yes, it would. It's, it's just it's Godzilla a shows up too for long. like four minutes at the beginning, and then doesn't show up again until an hour and five. Like minutes I enjoyed all of it. It was it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you're like, oh, this is man. It can be cut for they're, sure. They're yeah, still yeah. There's uh, there's room for cutting it, slimming it down a bit, notch, yeah, without hurting it too much. Oh yeah, but there's a lot of good stuff in it too. But yeah, it's doable. I almost feel like it's a bit of a house of cards. Like, where, like if you pull one out, the whole thing's gonna collapse. No, it's a game of Jenga, where like you got this great big giant tower, but if you pull something out, the whole thing's gonna collapse. But if you pull out the right piece, it wiggles and it wobbles, but it don't then give you win. up. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And you have a better structure in the end. It's doable, yeah. yeah. So we're we're mangling this plot, but um, so they finally confront the Zillions on TV cameras. Yeah. Um, with Captain Gordon in tow and everything like that, and, and they expose the, them. 
And then that's when he... Releases um, all the monsters at once. He releases all the monsters at once, but he also does something that affects most of the mutants. Well, the M-Base is actually... So they say that the the M-Base was planted in the mutants, which are the humans, by the aliens to create human-alien hybrids. <laughs> However, our hero... Ozakai. He's not affected. He's not affected because his M-Base hasn't fully activated because him and the lead alien are actually the same because when their M-Base fully activates, they actually have enough power to control the world or something. None of this makes sense when you explain it out loud. Yeah, I know. In the movie, they do a really good job of explaining it. Um, And so that's when Don Fry hatches the plan, like, let's go get Godzilla. And they're like, but what happens when the movie's over? motorcycle fight. Oh, my God, the motorcycle fight. It's good. Let's just leave it at that. Well, yeah, because uh, it's they don't than... realize at first that the other mutants have turned on them, but yeah, then all of a sudden, um, Kazuma starts starts fighting uh, Ozuka. Ozuka. On, on the motorcycles. It. I, goddammit, didn't realize it. I was like, what? I thought they turned they off the zap and these people are back on their side. Their team is intact. But no, their team is not intact. No. And it, it it's a little bit like Matrix Reloaded here, although, as Graham points better, out, better. Way better, yeah. Because you actually care about the characters this time. Um, so, Kazuma and uh, Ozakai have a fight on motorcycles. It's great over this like abandoned Japanese highway and they have that duel again the 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 duel of who's the stronger one right it comes back again from the beginning from the beginning yeah yes anyway so they get to area G which is the um Wait, Ozakai defeats Kazuma and like and like keeps him in the in the in the in their drill ship's sick bay to like bring along for some reason so they go to area G which is where Godzilla is like buried in Antarctica the G spot. <laughs> Where those those two like fun boys are, the are two just guys chilling. Are, yeah, just chilling reading Zen Life magazine or something. Or Zen happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, No, I thought we were the only guys on Earth. I could have just stayed here and I been really quiet. To be there with them. I was like, shit's gonna get down over here. I wish I could be with these guys like chilling reading magazines Look and like having donuts they and qu- croissants and then the coffee, espresso in even. In the middle of the South Pole. Yeah. Wearing like Hawaiian shirts and I like know. that weird pink nipple shirt that the other guys wearing. Mesh shirt kit. Mesh, God. yeah. Pink mesh. Very late nineties, early two thousands. Uh listening to the Godzilla vs. Mecha Godzilla soundtrack. But um but yeah, so then they show up and they dig out Godzilla just in time for Gigan to show up and Godzilla wrecks his shit. Like he does just God- immediately just like knocks his head off. He's like, Really? Yeah, I, I like to call Godzilla the Walter Matthau of giant monsters. He's just like always kind of like hungover and tired and like, oh god, I gotta do this. And then Godzilla like just walks over to Australia like in yeah. seconds, but and he fights uh, Zilla. Zilla, the American Godzilla, which he wipes out in thirty seconds. Two soundtrack to some thirty one. Uh, I can't remember the name. I think the song is called "We're All to Blame" or something. Some like shitty, that. some forty. It, it was song. post. It was post <laughs> half hour of power. So out of place. Like I, we didn't really need that. I think I think they did it okay with the music before throughout the rest of the movie. But I, I, I'm sure some forty one wanted a part of the guys. Sure, fine. Good. They needed the money at the time. I don't think they were. No, this albums. was when they were still like at their peak. Like this was just after. So they did half hour power was their EP. Them right. This is after they needed help, but this is um, when Avril Lavigne started messing with the band. E, uh, yeah, so like, so this was the period it was. So they'd released Half Hour Power, which was their first EP, then All Killer No Filler, 
Then I, I think grams of some forty one. I was some forty one. I was two thousand and one to two thousand and four. I was a some forty one fan. Blink one eighty two as well. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a punk fan in general, and I, I listened to the pop punks. Go for all the noun number bands. Uh, plus forty four. That's an actual band if you remember them. I don't remember them at all. That was Blink one eighty. That was um. One of the guys from Blink-182 is followed to uh, Blink-182 plus 44. I thought he did, like, Angels and Airwaves or some shit. That was the other guy. Uh, Tom DeLonge, the a, uh, UFO theorist. Yeah, there was uh, Blank 77, which are good. Um, but let's not talk about that. Um, anyway, so uh, Zilla is defeated very easily. Very quickly. And causing mm-hmm. the main villain to... It's uh, funny, on the DVD, that chapter is called Pretender to the Throne. That is funny. And uh, what is it? What does the main villain say? He was like, "I knew we couldn't trust that." I knew we couldn't trust that tuna-eating lizard because in the uh, 1998 Godzilla film, that, like they feed Godzilla tuna to distract him slash her because she gives birth in that movie. So yeah, American Godzilla. Waiting for round two. Although the new American Godzilla is pretty good. He's pretty much the Japanese Godzilla, but but slightly different. I like him. I think he's doing a good job. Anyway, so Godzilla is tearing shit up, causing the villain to um, stomp his feet and, and get all frustrated, uh, tear at his stupid And raise his eyebrows. Raise his eyebrows menacingly. And, and... Lillian's making a face, which is very much like the, the face the villain makes. Kind of has a bit of a twitch, yeah. So then Godzilla goes on a rampage across the world, just beating the crap out of monsters left, right, and center. He takes out um, Anguirus. He takes out the... Uh, what's the, the, the name? King Caesar. King Caesar. One of my, but that just doesn't make any sense, because King Caesar was a good guy that aided Godzilla in his time of Wait, need. And who was the other guy? The uh, the Spike Ball. Like, they oh, had that's a little Angarius. soccer game too, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got, awesome. a little, got a little Euro Cup for a while there. Um, when King Caesar kicked uh, Angarius. Oh, that was amazing. It went into like this whole soccer field <laughs> with a flying armadillo. Oh, yeah. With spikes. <laughs> and Godzilla did the leap to try and block it, but he couldn't block Angarius. And like, so King Caesar kind of scored a goal, but then Godzilla just murdered the heck out of both of them. I love, no. how, I love how Godzilla. <laughs> and Godzilla threw the giant spider just into outer space. Like, he just yeah. grabbed him by the thread and just was like, ah! Uh, out um, and then who did he stab with like the uh, he like threw onto the electrical tower oh the uh, the mantis thing. the mantis what's his name again Kamakuris 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 yeah so many monsters yeah and then they wind up in I think Tokyo where he's just messing up so then the monsters launch or the aliens launch uh, monster X uh, who's well, this well our, our heroes make it onto the ship after uh, yeah. Uh, Kazuma, who's come to his senses, yes. Oh, right. Lee flies into the ship, a la Independence, um, Independence Day. Day. Randy Quaid in Independence Day and destroys yeah. their shield, allowing our heroes to put their drill ship into the sh- into the spaceship. It's a ship with a giant that drill can fly bit. through the yeah. air and through the ground. Yeah, it's if you've got problems with reality, this is not the movie this for you. This is a video that game. Was, this movie is I, very I, much I, a video game. Was, that was after the whole motorcycle thing, that d- duel number two, Battle of the Wits with them. That's correct. I guess he had something in him that kind of made him hang on, a right? To their side. Bit of heart. Which is what it takes to win the war, according to Ozaki. I'm going to cry now. <laughs> I kind of feel like, to quote uh, the screenwriter Max Landis, this entire film just feels like an eight-year-old going be like, going like and then, and then, and then, and then, and really then. Happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. But you know what? 
Thank you. So, so our heroes, yeah. led by Captain Gordon and Ozuka, they make it onto the ship, um, and Buddy, they what's fight. The, who's the villain again? What's his name? I don't know, King Zillion or something. That's not even close to being no, correct. No, I know. The eyebrow guy? The eyebrow guy? Yeah, the eyebrow. the eyebrow guy who's wearing the cool Shit, shades to begin with, either. like the, yeah. um, the and friggin... then they and then they tell he looks him like an anime villain. Yeah, yeah. They tell him much. to lose the shades, and he loses them. Once he loses and the for shades, all. and he's wearing his vinyl trench coat. They all they're all wearing vinyl trench coats. I don't remember his name. That's funny. What's her face is wearing a pretty sweet red vinyl coat that we all Super admire. Super juicy red, yeah. yeah. Super juicy. Yeah, it's licorice red. Um. So then he's like, "You're all cattle. You're all fools." Um, and he's disappointed in the main guy Ozakai. for choosing the cat. Ozakai. We could be so great together. We could like, take on the one, world. Look at what me. I have you're... on my side. Yeah. Why are you with these cattle? Come to the to the light. Step into the light. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. And then he's like, because they're the same kind of alien, which is actually above the zillions. Not, none of this really makes yeah. sense. <laughs> really? But, um, yeah. So he briefly does turn Ozuka against his yeah, friends. until uh, Otanashi stabs him with the, the Mothra token sword. from Mothra. Mm. Mothra shows up, by the way. So Giga, uh, King uh, so <laughs> Gigan, which... You're chagrin. So Gigan, who uh, Godzilla smashed in his first uh, appearance, comes back now with chainsaw hands. And Mothra shows up and kills Gigan. And then Godzilla wrestling, well, and, and well, we've got the Monster X dust. as well as is there. They're all fighting. Yeah, together. they're all fighting together. In fact, at one point, I think Monster, Monster X, X is holding holds Godzilla's arms behind his back while while Gigan is about to like <laughs> slash him to death with his his chainsaw arms. That's funny. It's like here you go. I got him. I got him. Let's get him, fellas. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so these fights are going on simultaneously. They often mm. um, so Azuka comes to his senses after she stabs the and sword just decides him. to beat the crap out of. I think his name is X. Is the bad guy played by Kenzo? Well, no, that was yeah. that was the oh, um, was the, the J-pop I know, guy. I know, but I don't think I think I think who we're, we're now mentioning at this point in the uh, description mm-hmm. and this will make oh, yeah, no but, sense yeah, to our listeners because everybody at first loves the aliens and it's like you know, so we this one J-pop star is like I've changed X. my name to X because X is cool and there's a bunch of girls like screaming you They've see him in this little glass box yeah. the radio uh, station DJ's station area sorry sorry his name is actually the bad the bad alien is actually his name is Controller X sorry and he is played by Kazuki Kitamura Nice. Word. Um, so uh, this this gets very messy. Yeah. Um, oh shit! What happens? Oh, I guess Mothra comes back in after being briefly defeated. And the, cha- the double chainsaw also double, gets double, defeated. Well, double chainsaw breathes fire at him and like explodes Mothra. And then Mothra becomes a fire moth and, and wipes Kazuku. Well, he, yeah. he oh, also right. launches his nipple blades. Yeah, at, which um, are really like circular saw blades that shoot out from his chest kit. <laughs> right from where his nipples would be. But he's a metal monster, so he doesn't have nipples. And and they they kind of hit Mothra, and we think Mothra's dead, and then Mothra explodes, and we're yeah. like, that's it for Mothra. Mm-hmm. And then the blades come back, like like boomerangs. It's like a boomerang. And they go right into his neck, and his head falls off. Yeah, it was the hubris that brought down Gigan. And then Flaming Mothra shows up and blows him up. Um, and then we're back to our main fight, where Godzilla is, like, 
So there's this great moment where uh, Ozakai is beating the crap out of Controller X, and then they show Godzilla fighting Monster X on the screen, and they're mimicking the same motions of him just like keeping it out and be like, stay down. You can't see it, but I'm like doing the Godzilla, like, stay down. He's, he's doing a pummeling motion. Yeah. A ground and pound, I believe it's called in the mixed martial arts world. Stop pummeling me. <laughs> yep. It really hurts. Yes. Um, <laughs> then they blow up the spaceship, and everyone's like, all right, we did it. And then all of a sudden, Monster X starts to mutate and change, and he becomes dun 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 King, King Ghidorah. Ghidorah. From Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, and Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant all-out monsters attack. He is the Darth Vader of the giant monster universe in which Godzilla exists. And then Godzilla basically fights him, but he's too much until um, our hero Ozakai uses his newfound... After after the ship has been... The alien UFO up. has been blown yeah. up. Mm. After a lengthy battle involving all the, all the people with Captain Gordon and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a lot of gun battle and stuff like that. And sword battle and fist sword battle. battle. And, yeah. And, and then it ends. Yeah. This would be so great. The, uh, the, the, the minister, like the, uh, the UN defense secretary, turns out he's still alive. The, yeah, um, somehow. And the person, the, yeah, basically everyone the, that was replaced by aliens turns out they're okay. Even in this, right, guys? The, the Spice Girls are, do make an appearance here. No, they Very, don't, actually. No, they but they don't. should. They could. They were broken up by this point. Jerry had long left. Yeah, but the the four members were still making a go. Not at two. Not in two, I don't think in two thousand four. I think I think because like she left in like what was it like ninety nine or two thousand? Yeah, because uh, it's uh, pursuer solo career which went so many ways. Yes, I swear. Yes, I swear. That's the just yeah, yeah. one, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the the Spice Girls video we we're referencing, and this means I get to do a Spice Girls needle drop. Nice. My sister will be pleased. 1997 Graham will be hating this. So will I. I will be pleased. What about 1993 Graham? He was watching Jurassic Park. Um. So then, uh, the Ozakai decides he uses his newfound powers to recharge Godzilla. Godzilla rips off two of the three heads of King Ghidorah. And then he like grabs him by the tail, throws him oh, up yeah, into the air. Third head, he like swings him across and just bl blows him away into obl oblivion, throws him that far away. Yeah, he throws him up into the air and then like hits him with his fire breath and blasts him out into outer space and then he explodes. And then you think Godzilla is going to wipe out the, the five remaining humans on planet Earth. But then all of a sudden you see this like crappy little pickup truck arrive and it's Kento with his grandfather. And Manila runs out, and the little, the all the adults want to like shoot Godzilla, but Kenta holds up his arms and says, "No, there's been enough killing." And then Manila holds up his arms to Godzilla and, and does the same thing. We we forgot the growth spurt, which happens. Yeah, he grows film. bigger. Manila, Manila grows bigger. like he sees his father, I guess, being attacked. It. Well. He sees his father being attacked, and he tries to breathe out some fire, but he just manages a little pathetic little puff of smoke. Little, oh. Because when you first meet Manila, he's he's human sized. Yeah. He goes. And but as soon as he tries this, all of a sudden he starts glowing, and then he he grows like taller, not as tall as Godzilla. Not as tall as, Godzilla. Not as, tall as he is in Son of Godzilla, but much but taller. Much than taller. Him. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the a movie, good ten feet or so. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of the movie, Godzilla walks. Godzilla realizes there's been enough fighting for one day. He turns around and walks into the sunset, being followed by his young son. The humans are okay for now, and Godzilla roars one last time as the credits roll. It's like 
fine. I'll leave you alone. Fine. I'm not gonna beat you up in front of my kid. <laughs> I'm going for a nap. Yeah. I'll walk is... away with dignity. I'm yeah. worn out anyway. Seriously, so so Lillian, you referenced the Dennis Leary song A Hole and um, I believe it's called Asshole Graham. They could even they could air that on much music as it was. Like they I used know, to play the video. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the but you remember what Graham at the, doesn't rule that way, okay? Trying to yeah, keep we're, we're going for the TBS. He's got his own sense a set of rules and censorship. I'm an No, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm trying to keep this podcast not with the extreme language rating, the little e next to it. Anyways, long story short, in I think it, that'd be a badge of honor that little in e rating. It in the the a hole song, Dennis Leary talks about like. John Wayne's not dead. John Wayne's frozen. And when they find a cure for cancer, they're going to wake him up and he's going to be so pissed off. How pissed off? You were taking a cold shower? Well, picture that times 15 million times and then you'll have some big idea of how pissed off he is. I kind of feel like that's what Godzilla was going through when he first woke up because he was frozen in the Antarctic for like 30 years. He's like John Wayne. Yeah, exactly. He's like, what's going on here, Pilgrim? And then, you know, all of this space stuff happens. Well, and his last memories before being frozen was were being a shot bunch by of humans missiles, being yeah. shooting him. So I can and understand it. And at the time, anger. he was sort of like, just give it up. Leave me alone. And he just swung right into it, right? He didn't need any... Uh... He didn't rub his eyes or nothing. He was like, all right, let's go. Go time. Ghidorah, come at me, bro. Um, so, yeah, guys. That's what he literally says. Yeah. That, that's that's the translation. Yeah, Godzilla has a kind of like a surfer accent in this one too. Yeah. Come at me, bro. He wears a bandana. So, Phil, what is your final Carries thoughts? A surfboard. My final thoughts. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So my feelings are mixed on this one. Um, sure. It's fitfully fun. Like, there's just way too much going on. It's way too long. It's too chaotic. Like, I. We also started it way too late. It's true. Like, and we're all four beers deep at this point. <laughs> I'm like two, um, and I think like with every other Godzilla movie I've watched, like it's over narratively overstuffed. Uh, I think I stopped mm-hmm. following the narrative about like 15 minutes into the movie. Just let it become an experience. Basically, yeah. Um, like Dunkirk. Sure. Not that there was much plot to follow in Dunkirk. Yeah, that's an experience. It's an experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, they're, like, they throw shit at the wall to see what sticks, and, like, grabbing from every late 90s pop culture blockbuster mm-hmm. staple, Fifth Element, Matrix. I know, but Spice better, Girls though. Spice videos, uh... Mm-hmm. It's good stuff, right? It's good stuff to grab from, and I don't know. Anyway, I'm so in that respect, it's endearing, but at, like at times, it's just really tedious. Okay. So it's fun at parts. You and were getting sick of. I work, and I, um, I I do. <laughs> funny enough, I enjoyed the most the the old uh, stock footage fights. Old stock footage fights. You mean from the opening credits? No, like later on with like those were stock footage. That was all new for the film. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they all shot those new. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a nice break from like the. Oh yeah, the whole build because the whole the, thing the, like the really anachronistic the, late '90s CGI. Yeah, the uh, whole film is like a build up to those fights, yeah. and like that's the whole thing is like you're waiting, you're waiting, and then they happen. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's like those like classic Godzilla fights, and those yeah. were fun to watch. Yes, yeah. I know. I miss them. I yeah. like them. 
And that like happens like 20 minutes before the movie ends and it's like a two hour mm-hmm. plus movie. Yeah. Is that it? Is that it, Phil? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay, cool. Kit, what are your final thoughts? Uh, similar to Phil's. I, I probably liked it a bit more, but it is. It's overstuffed. It's too long. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the fact that um, they brought even they had some of the same costumes that they had. Yeah, in old yeah. Films. They they, used, they refurbished the uh, the King Caesar and the Angiris. And I think costume. that's why Phil thought it was uh, stock, stock footage. footage yeah. They so, also shot it much like the old fights too, where it was just like mm-hmm. a model forest, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's all like it's it's this good campy um, goodness, um, mm-hmm. where it's and it's all practical effects. Or it's yeah, it's really that. different from like the '98 Godzilla, um, where it's like just practical effects, guys in costumes mm-hmm. basically, even Man though they're good suit. costumes. Yeah. Like they, they, oh they yeah, the Godzilla good. costume in this is awesome. But it's like the classic Godzilla costume, mm-hmm. and uh, you all can of them. you all can of them. even all though of I'm not even sure if there was a zipper on Manila, you you can see the seams of the film. Yeah, yeah. And even like you were pointing out how bad an actor the the guy who plays Captain oh, Gordon Fry, is. Yeah, because he's not an actor; he's but an that's MMA part fighter. Of it. That's yeah, that's kind of because I mean, that's part of the candy goodness, man. He is like his mustache and everything. I know his mustache alone. He had a I'm few like, if I could ever grow one that good, it'd be he's. And Good. none of his one-liners made sense, too. He'd be like, all right, kids, time to get my tap dancing shoes. And it didn't really make a lot no. of sense. His but... one-liners <laughs> like, also, like, the weird relationship he had with the reporter where he's like, I'll see you later, sweetheart. Yeah, and it's like, Whoa, a little... where did that come from? And, and then... when they see each other at the end of the movie, they were like, it was a reunion. He yeah, was like, but they didn't say anything because he doesn't no. speak Japanese and she doesn't speak English. Although that was also a thing where like mm-hmm. somebody would say something to him in Japanese he would understand and he'd say something in English yeah. and they would understand him and there was, was like no language it, barrier. That was kind of cool though that people spoke different languages to each other and still understood one another. I'm assuming like they would have dubbed him for the uh, for the Japanese like for a Japanese audience or do you think they Possibly just... or they might have subtitled him. Okay. But you know what it's always that I think thing she was just very taken with his uh, ways and his uh, he he was a badass motherfucker, this captain. Yeah, okay? he was. Like, let's not lie. But he's like a stock character, one-dimensional. But that's all he needed yeah. to be. There were a lot of MMA fighters in this film. Like, the two guys at the at the G, area G, were, in fact, MMA fighters, as was, who was it? That guy, remember there was, like, the CNN roundtable, and there was, like, one guy that looked really buff compared to everyone else at the table? He was also an MMA fighter. Because this was around the time when MMA got huge in Japan. Like, there was Pride. There was a few other, like, legit... Uh, shoot fight organizations that were really huge um, in fact this was also the downfall of my beloved New Japan Pro Wrestling because they actually like put their wrestlers into real MMA fights and they all got hurt I would love to see a Godzilla in a cage uh, with like an MMA fighter I know it'd be great you know they actually do kaiju battles in the states they actually like hire professional wrestlers to teach them how to like do fights so it's like kaiju like which are giant monsters um from japanese films fighting in the uh, ring we were talking about this too it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see godzilla uh battle some different demons like godzilla versus seasonal depression <laughs> personal demons yeah <laughs> godzilla versus alcoholism <laughs> godzilla versus child support anyway lillian what did you think i i'm assuming you enjoyed it you you did enjoy it i did enjoy it and uh i Yes, it could be cut down t- two hours and what twenty minutes? It was, that? Two, it, was two, it was two hours flat. It, it felt like two hours and twenty minutes. Oh, okay, that, that's what you said in the beginning. But um, yes, it could be cut down. But at the same time, 
It's an epic battle, and I was happy for every little nugget, I gotta say. Like, I didn't feel like anything was extra, we, but it could be cu- it we, could be we, slimmed. We could have dispensed with all the stuff, all the fighting on the spaceship, and that would have been fine. No, I think Just we needed the stuff on the, the spaceship. I, need, I think we needed, we like... We needed all of it. We needed all of it to, like, bring it all together, and, like, everything that's at stake, and all that heart stuff, and... Uh, X Factor stuff and the M and I wish they kept it down to earth literally yeah yeah down to earth would have been I agree with Phil just monster battles yeah we would have lost some plot though Lillian is making a face (laughs) at me I don't know which is an unimpressed face yeah I guess I'm like okay with the way that it is like I I I don't really want to look at any changes but um yeah, I I enjoyed it. And I don't know, I haven't seen many of the Godzilla films, but um, I'm a fan. <laughs> I think I'd be happy with, uh, with, with a lot of them because this is really great. I agree with everything Lillian said, and I disagree with you guys. I'm just kidding. I this 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 is a movie that is like heavy on fan service. It's a movie that's heavy on plot for sure. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think it's important plot to kind of, but you know, to each his own. It could be slim too. I could see both sides. But. Yeah, I I do like this movie actually. I like its length. I like the fact that it's just like at a certain point, it just all becomes Godzilla fights. And you get really like invested in, it and it's like, what this thing now, Kit? You you were like, what's this now? This this? Yeah, yeah. And you were really like, <sighs> I no, you as I was saying, almost, I was in, I was really enjoying the monster fights. You were almost like, and you were also, armor to like go and battle this thing that just popped out of nowhere. And weren't you happy when Eyebrows got the crap kicked out of him? Commander X, that is? Yeah, I was getting sick of that guy's shit. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You got sick of it, and then all of a sudden, bam! Good old Azaki comes in. He's so, doing his job properly if you're getting sick of him, right? Stupid exactly. anime villain haircut. Now, the whole problem is that like with these films, it's so hard to invest in the human characters because you're there to see the smashing. But this is the one Godzilla film I've seen in a long time where like the human characters like keep me drawn in and make yeah. me want to like keep watching them keep watching the show yeah, so they were all very they kind of stated their case they were all very charming in their own way and you kind of felt for them you know it was good exactly i couldn't have said it better than myself all right all right quickly um without picking godzilla mm-hmm. uh which which monster are we all picking in what regards just like to be your favorite your, your monster your your, your fighter choose your fighter godzilla but without Godzilla, because oh, he's the, he's too obvious. Oh, the right. I've got one. You got, but got but you 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 Caesar, you go first. Right, the Caesar one. Little Caesar. <laughs> little Caesar. King Caesar. No, no, no. It's it's clo- close, but no cigar. No, not King Caesar. Not, not, not little Caesar. That's what pizza, the bullies pizza. call him. That's what the bullies call him. Yeah. Lillian, who's your favorite? Um. Oh my goodness. Just because all of you hated the moth, I'm going to take the moth. It was so cute. Like it. it, it I just, didn't hate the moth. You didn't. No. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. What are you talking? I don't remember Phil um, dissing didn't the moth. Praise at all. Mothra either. Well, the spider yeah, one. The spider one was pretty sick. Like that spider when it wanted to do some damage, it got up and it whipped out its webs, and they were all sticky, and he's lunging them through the air and like trapping, and then he's getting, he's crawling with his eight legs, and he's huge, and that was pretty badass. I gotta say, for a spider and a huge monster, yeah, it was pretty sick. 
But a lot of the... I, I don't know. Do you have a favorite crime? I do, but I'll save it to last. Do you have a favorite Phil. Uh, Gamoran. Camera? Camera? Who's not in this movie? That's the gold one. Uh, no, that's no, the flying turtle. That's that the flying turtle. That's not, that's not even in a toe. Who has never encountered Godzilla. My favorite is not in this movie either, but he's encountered Godzilla. Well, I'll, I'll pick the smog monster. I'm going to go with... Hedora? He barely was in the film, I know, though. He got defeated I know. right away. He you know actually, what? He's I'm going with King Ghidorah. Uh, okay. No, I was going to say, Hedora is actually like Godzilla versus the smog monster, aka Godzilla versus Hedora, is one of the weirdest of the original series, because it's so odd that someone picked up on like smog and like pollution as like a threat for God. That's that's it's literally... environmental Godzilla movie. Fights, it's like a crawfish. That no, no, no. That's Ebera. Oh. I know they all sound the same. No, like we're talking about Godzilla versus seasonal depression. That's Godzilla versus climate change, which I love. That's I know, great. That's I great know. Concept. That's that's a concept. Actually, I'm gonna pick the armadillo guy. The armadillo, Angarius. That was pretty cool when he like got into a ball and like 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 a potato bug with spikes. Yeah, that was really cool. That was awesome. Yeah, kind of like King Koopa in uh, Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, I, I think like what King my Koopa. point is, they're all really cool. <laughs> Yeah, they all, really they all right. just kind of brought their thing and I mean the moth like we thought it was a goner and you guys were like this fucking moth can it just like buzz off already well yeah Graham if, if anything Graham was the one denigrating I, Mothra yeah, I he's hate, like it's I, all he does is he flaps his wings he flaps his, I'm not yeah I'm not, I'm not a fan of Mothra you have a true power and then it freaking came and it killed who? Gigan. Thank you very Gigan much. Gigan 2. Gigan 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, no, yeah, I'm not a fan of Mothra. So my favorite actually wasn't in this movie, but he's in another I good movie. I don't know if that's fair. I think I'm gonna to... make okay, okay, okay. Pick... Okay, I'll, I'll do two. I'll do one, one outside this movie, because you said no Godzilla, so I'm doing Space Godzilla. Is that Mecha Godzilla? No, that's a different Godzilla. There's Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. It's like the only Godzilla monster It's not in this movie. Yeah, one of them. It's oh, Mecha cheap. Godzilla isn't in this movie either. Uh, my favorite. King Kong is not in there. And King too, Kong isn't. isn't. Um, and neither is like uh, Godzilla Sor- Gorosaurus, Godzilla Saurus, or Titanosaurus. Um, or a bunch of others. Oh my god, they really um, could have stuffed this movie. Oh full. yeah, they 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 were restrained with this film. <laughs> this is very yeah, restrained. Is what they I would call this film. Time. If only they got rid of like a couple subplots, they could have. Yeah, uh, my favorite in this film, uh, I'm gonna go with King Caesar. Even yeah. though, for 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 nostalgia reasons, even though he's not really used correctly in this film. Or, like, he does deliver a pretty sweet Pele kick at one point. He does, yeah. And he scores... Yeah. yeah. And he, like, he, you know... He, he scores on Godzilla. He scores on Godzilla, which is quite true. So that's that. So anyways, uh, I'm tired. You guys are tired. I think we This has been our Asian month, our Asian action month. Asian action month, yes. yeah. So this is the conclusion. We've concluded with the biggest star in Japanese history. I'm talking about size-wise. That is Godzilla. Our and, Asian action um, month, we just went to Hong Kong. Hong Kong and we Japan. We went to Japan. Next, next, we year's Asian, Hong Kong. Not, next year's Asian action month, we'll avoid Hong Kong and Japan. It'll be hard, but we'll do it. We'll okay. do Philippines. Indonesia. Indonesia. Um, South Korea, Korea, maybe North Vietnam, Korea, yeah. Vietnam. Yeah, we'll watch some North Korean propaganda. Films. Yeah, well, is, there, is there good Viet- Vietnamese films? I not that I'm aware of, but I'll I'll look them I'm up. I'm sure there are. I yeah. just don't know there. Malaysia. Yeah, all those uh, Filipino uh, Central Asia places. Uh, we'll go to it next year. The Middle East. 
Oh, I'm getting tired. Yeah, so maybe maybe we'll do an, an Iranian uh, film. Yeah, I thought, or we were do, I thought we were gonna spend a little time in Bollywood. Yeah. Ooh, we could do that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll that'll be next year. Um, what? Next year? Next year for Bollywood? Maybe there'll be a Bollywood month later on this year. Just give there me. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Okay, so I spoke to the Ouija board. You. Oh, the Ouija board. The Ouija board. board sorry. Oh, and slip. it gave me. Two words for next month's uh, theme. Uh, Lillian knows it because she was here when it spoke to me. You guys don't. It is, it is the first and last name of a very specific filmmaker. The one, the only. Oh, I know who this is. Albert Pune. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We've already watched one of his movies on Nemesis. Yeah, but, Nemesis. but we're going we're gonna to do a deep dive. We're going to be covering... Dangerously close, cyborg. I knew we were getting into cyborg. Uh, Doll man, and then one of his other films. Oh, Doll man. Doll man. Uh, we'll have Ice T in it. Oh, yeah. let's Probably. do one of the Ice T ones. I tried to find them all. I'll try and source one out. I really want to find that. Christopher Lambert. I kind of. I really want to find the Terry Hatcher. Uh, Oh, um, uh, Andrew, Andrew Dice Clay. Clay. Clay movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. I think I've even seen that one too. Oh, what's the one with Kathy Ireland? Alien from LA. We could find that one too. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a fun month. We're gonna try and get. Um, sorry, I didn't pick that up. Uh, pick that up a little. We're gonna dr- try and get Scotty uh, Shirk back down here for the cyborg episode because he is a big Jean Claude Van Damme uh, f- uh, acolyte. And yeah. So with that being said, I've been Graham. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I've been Lil. Please be sure to rewind, and we will see you next time on Death by Video. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye-bye.